Welcome to Network Capital, Satya. You've seen Network Capital as a passion project turned movement um, from the early days. And it's so happy um, a moment for me to welcome a collaborator, a friend, a TED fellow, a person with a distinguished record to our podcast. So in a way, it's back to where things belong, Satya. Do you remember the first time we met? Yeah, yeah. so we met, uh, I think we back in 2014. And... Uh, that was when I heard from you that you have thoughts of creating a community. We didn't have the words of network capital, Facebook group, all these, but you know, it was more a discussion around, hey, Satya, we should have a community where we get uh, some of the best minds in the world together. So this was loosely the conversation that we had, but for network capital to take the shape and form what it took and uh, to create the impact uh, that it is creating, it's just so hard. I'm so, so proud of uh, the amazing effort that you and the team is putting together to make it happen with Kash. You know, the biggest joy uh, in my life is that um, the same people who I started with, like friends like you, now we work together with. And there is something really remarkable in this world where we're constantly thinking about relationships as short-term transactions, like um, network capital relationships and friendships sort of go on a lifetime. And our mission is essentially is to make uh, every person, every organization on the planet really build their category of one. And I've seen you, Satya, from the very beginning, from 2014 when we met. Both our lives have uh, gone in, uh, in, in in interesting ways. But I'm equally inspired by everything that you've built. And you've been at it now, day in and day out for, for a long time. So do you want to quickly tell us about uh, where you are in life at this point? What are you doing? And... Uh, what what's keeping you going right um so for that uh, to make sense maybe like i'll just step back to clarify uh, where i come from and what you know, how i got to 2014 and then from 2014 to today yeah that probably puts yeah. things in perspective so i uh, come from a small village uh, in uh, andhra and i kind of uh, studied for uh, early part of my childhood there and then I moved to uh, Hyderabad in my fifth standard and uh, uh, till then it was like coming and going to Hyderabad so it was more like that and then uh, after finishing my school uh, at 12th I started chartered accountancy I'm a chartered accountant by qualification worked with PwC during uh, my internship and uh, once I finished my internship with PwC uh, that is articleship as it's called uh, I moved out and with a with a thought that there is this math of agriculture which is confusing it's not making sense why are people not making money right why are farmers not farmers not making money let's put it straight so why are farmers not making uh, money properly and why are these uh, suicides so prevalent like one in every uh, you know 40 to 50 minutes depending on which statistics you are reading uh, so that confusing math is what got us got me curious uh, to spend uh, my time in agriculture. I was deeply inspired one article by one article that I read uh, in my late teens, where it said the top one percent of brains in the world often don't spend their time trying to tackle some of the biggest problems, and if they do, these biggest problems 
will have uh, much easier solutions or much faster solutions. Now, this is not to uh, be arrogant to say that, uh, you know, we are in the top 1%, but it's also with humility and gratitude to acknowledge that, you know, we are blessed to be in the uh, category of people who had good education and uh, good support system and uh, world that we live in. So how do we really think of a way in which this uh, opportunity and the privilege that is uh, that partly earned, largely given uh, with whatever gratitude where, where we stand. So how do we really make this into a thing where we spend time to solve a, a big problem? I think it's, it's more about that. Um, so that's when I started agriculture, uh, farming myself uh, around 2011. And uh, that was in Karnataka. Then uh, it was more of open field. Then we started in Telangana. That was again initially open field. But that journey was, uh, was really important. Like about three years of uh, farming with my uh, co-founders at Cosmos Green. That really got me to understand that the life of farmer is ridiculous. It's the hardest life to live. It's the hardest life to live. It's a bad career choice if you really talk from, you know, uh, you know, in a lot of conversations in network capital happen around careers. If you really talk mm -hmm. from that lens, it's a bad career choice because the probability of making money is insignificant vis-a-vis -vis probability of losing money, which has uh, pretty much uh, great certainty. So that's where uh, we said, okay, hang on, let's back up a bit. Why is the math of agriculture so confusing? So that got us to listing down the risks. And a big chunk of risks, if you put into two buckets, one is a climate risk, the other is distribution risk. Distribution risk, I'm talking about more like access to right seeds, nutrients, finances, markets. Climate risk, more like heat, uh, decreasing, increasing heat, decreasing water, uh, unpredictability of rains. That entire bucket is the climate risk. So there is effort happening on the distribution problem uh, in, the, in the world. But for the climate risk piece, when we went and spoke to the farmers, we couldn't understand if there was any uh, realistic solution. They looked extremely hope hopeless. And uh, the convenient answer for them was they were blaming God for that. So hmm. uh, that was when, uh, you know, we started thinking about Kheti uh, as, you know, where today we make micro greenhouses for the smallholder farmers to help farmers, small, medium, uh, largely focusing on small farmers, but there are also some medium farmers that we do get to work with to find a way to create a solution that protects them from climate risk and which gives them income uh, stability and reliability. Yeah, well, that's, that's a beautiful explanation of the problem. And we're going to explore that and the solution as well. For a lot of members um, or listeners who may not be familiar with the word Kheti, Kheti means farming you know, broadly associated with the agricultural milieu. And uh, it's spelled in uh, K-H-E-Y-T-I. And I think Satya uh, and his team have played around with the spelling a bit, but it, it, it works wonderfully. So um, yeah. talk to us about the first 100 days. What were uh, the first 100 days of KT like? Um, especially because you mentioned a transition, right? From approach one to approach two. Talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my co-founders, uh, Kaushik, Samya, they were working in um, another uh, education, uh, rural education startup back then. Uh, 
Ayush and I were working in Cosmos Green. That was our previous agriculture startup. Um, so when we came together, it was mainly to, uh, mainly for this as to, hey, there is something really confusing about the uh, income certainty piece of farming. So let us find a solution. Now, one, one of the best things that we have done is we went and spent not just the first 100, but the close to 150 days of our journey at Kheti to reset our understanding by listening to the farmers. So we spent about close to five months, uh, five to six months actually, traveling to multiple villages, listening to farmers deeply. Uh, maybe we met thousands of farmers in that period and had uh, really deep conversations to understand their life in an, uh, as deeply as we can to see where things are working, where things are failing and whether we have any, whatever we are, uh, you know, whatever, whatever we are hypothesizing, does it make sense? And uh, what should be a solution uh, that solves their problem? Not something that uh, we want to do, right? So we didn't want hmm. to be like those cool dudes out there, you know, uh, saying, hey, we have an <laughs> awesome solution for you. So we said, okay, we want to really solve a problem that exists, whether or not they're able to articulate, right? If we were able to see that the problem exists. So those unmet, you know, I really like this uh, phrasing by Satya Nadella, the unmet and unarticulated needs as he frames them. So that is what we were really trying to discover in that journey. And that got us to understand some beautiful things. Firstly, yeah. their income aspirations uh, typically are around seven to 8,000 rupees of uh, money per year, per month. Uh, roughly like about, if they kind of get to some 70,000 rupees to 80,000 rupees a year, they are pretty happy with that. So that kind of translates to like, say, $1,000 per year. So that is a pretty aspirational income for them. And if you look at the lived reality, in India, we have about close to 100 million uh, farming families. And out of that, close to 80 million farming families are smallholder farmers. Again, 80 to 85 million, depending on which statistics you are reading. Uh, hmm. And bulk of them, if you see a five-year average for those families, they lose money from farming. I'm repeating, they lose money from farming. They don't make money from farming. They lose money. And why farming. do they do it, Satya? So that's interesting, right? So uh, they, one, there is, they, they don't know too many other things. So uh, they have to go back to farming. That is the first. Second, there is always a hope that, huh, if not this season, in the next season, something will change. Hmm. So they may make money in one season. It's not that in the five years, they don't make money at all. They may make money in one season. But they lose money for the Network. two seasons subsequent, right? Five-year average. That is the, uh, you know, central government study in India that was done, mm. which was stunning, right? So how will, mm. how can you say your five-year average income is zero or negative, in fact, right? So how can you lose money from that? So that's the reality today. Uh, so we said, okay, this is dangerous. Like, <laughs> let's put it straight. This is dangerous situation for uh you know the country and the world where you know one in six people in the world are from india so that's a dangerous situation for the world from a larger scenario hmm. so we said okay we need a solution which addresses this problem so mathematically if you just look at it uh we farmers required more income they required reliable income they required regular income so we said okay what is the solution which will help farmers achieve this that got us to greenhouses.
That's fa fa fantastic. Um, working at Microsoft, one of the things that I learned from Satya was the importance of empathy while developing solutions. He's written about it. He's reshaped the company in that direction. What does it mean to you uh, when it comes to empathy for farmers? Because this is not necessarily uh, something that is shared widely. People broadly get in India that farmers are important, but uh, I'm not sure if people understand the gravity of the problem. How do you scale the understanding of the problem within your team and within your partners and stakeholders? Yeah, I uh, give... give uh... A lot of credit to Acumen Fellowship that Kaushik and I were part of, where mm. uh, the manifesto says, you know, it begins by listening to them, right? Not hypothesizing, not imposing your views, but just curiously, passionately listening to the farmers, right? What are they saying? Not what you want to hear, right? What are they saying? What are they feeling? So this is something which is, I, I can say, Kethi's uh, native genius today. When we talk about designing a business model, it's based on a solution, that, a problem that we heard from the farmers. When we design products, right? when we design micro greenhouses, farmers are a part of co-creation. When we design the service, they're a part of the co-creation. So across, I think when we build a muscle, an institutional muscle, it starts you know, with those initial few people who start, but it's more important that it perpetuates into every person in the team where uh, the habit of empathetic listening with curiosity and deliberately keeping our personal biases aside, uh, uh, you know, that journey, I think, is something which is fascinating. And I believe when you, are, when you stay in proximity with the people that you are serving, your empathy improves. The more and more distance uh, you are, uh, I think a few things which they can't explain, but they live, you can see when you have that greater proximity. So for the first three years of Kheti, we didn't have a city office. We said, why do we need a city office? We're working with farmers, right? So we said, we don't need a city office. Let's have office, you know, uh, sure, maybe for uh, internet in the suburbs, but we don't need a city office. We need office which is as close as possible to the farmers. So that's just one gesture to say, okay, even if it means uh, some team has to travel a little bit, but staying as close as possible to the person that you are serving, customer you are serving, will give greatest learning. Uh, and uh, it can't come without empathy, right? So that's that's pretty much uh, an integral part of how we uh, operate at KT. Love it. Now let's turn our attention to products and business model. That would be super fun to explore. How do you develop the product? What is your product? Uh, which you broadly explained, the micro greenhouses. Give us a flavor of the building of that, uh, devising a business model for it and the market response. We, let's explore that a bit. Yeah. So uh, basically, if you talk about climate protection for, farm, uh, for uh, crops, it's basically like the way humans want a home uh, from climatic extremities. Plants want uh, some level of protection. Right Now, that might sound counterintuitive initially when you listen to it, but when you see it in most parts of the world, like in the Western world, you see it in China, you see it in so many parts of the world. That is how most of the vegetables are grown, right? And they are grown that way for a reason, right? So uh, the a greenhouse in Indian context, again, we have to uh, understand it is not to grow 
you know crops in uh, winters when there is snow all over but indian problem is different we have the problem of uh, heat which is uh, causing most of the crops to fail so that's the bigger chunk of the problem in india and in fact in mo- uh, uh, in most of the areas where you have small holder farmers and who mostly are are poor the uh, they are largely in areas which are tropical right so the problem with small holder farmers if you have to just generalize it is the heat it is the heat and reducing mm. uh, resources to grow so what uh, we have done was okay so we said okay first let's go and understand uh, how do we create protection from heat and cut off pests and save water while growing so these are the simple things so that's what greenhouse does in uh, indian context when we looked around there were greenhouses greenhouses have been in the world for maybe like uh, 7 8 decades or even a century right but I they see. were largely in industrial scale and they were largely mm. to trap heat and uh, they were not really designed uh, to cut off heat as a primary thing and they were not designed for small holder farmers as a primary thing right so considering that we said okay when we looked around even in india uh, there are there are enough you know, studies and we also saw like you know most of the greenhouses that are uh, that are out there uh, are earlier they failed the reason is simple they were not truly designed for indian climate they were designed uh, probably abroad and they were just copied i'll uh, sorry but that's the reality and uh, we mm. took a lot of pride in saying oh this is israeli design sure it can be israeli design but have you adapted to indian environment right have you adapted it enough for the indian smallholder farmers right we need a farmer product crop mix it's not just to grow lettuce you know all through the year it is to grow the okra it is to grow the tomatoes it is to grow the uh, beans of the world uh, you know for uh, the farmers that uh, we have here so that way what we have done is we first understood what's done currently in india and then we said okay we need something which can again this is something that came from our learning which i shared with you uh, you know the bulk of customers let's talk about business here because it's more mm-hmm. a business model it's not just an act of charity here the bulk of customers more than 80% of customers in india farmers in india are small holders and their land holdings are small their affordability is small now forever that was considered and we learned in school uh, that that is the problem of agriculture we said hey that's the feature of agriculture that's not the problem right that is the feature of agriculture and we have to design products or we have to, these are these are the specifications based on which we have to design the product right uh, and their aspiration is not to make 100000 dollars from the greenhouse every year their aspiration is to make 1000 dollars from greenhouse year on year so how do we really design for this so then uh we started the uh, greenhouse farming and then we uh, we brought in some of the uh nicest experts from different parts of the world again i'm extremely grateful to the experts that we worked with there are people from canada from us from israel from africa from different parts of india a lot of our farmers so all these people co-created i mean it's not something that you know just two or three people in kheti sat and made this but it's it's truly a network i mean again in this context like it's a network mm. of some brilliant people uh, who truly care to solve this problem who came together and uh, put their brains together to find a way to make this work and after seven uh, iterations 
we got to, I mean, of course, we designed, rolled it out with the farmers to see how the response was. So we started, we rolled out the first greenhouse in 2017. Uh, again, just to be mindful of uh, our friends who uh, largely see the tech world or, or only the information technology world and uh, you know, not the agriculture world. Or a version rollout means it's a six month time, right? So, uh, hmm. you know, uh, version one to version two takes at least six months because you design that, you roll it out, you see how it's working. All this is at least a six month cycle. So uh, there were about seven versions of that, which were, uh, you know, tested. And then finally, now we are at a, you know, normally greenhouses are uh, sold at like 60,000 to $80,000. You know, that's like 40, 000, 40 lakh rupees kind of price point. We, uh, in one acre and above. So we designed the world's most affordable greenhouse, which uh, is at sub one lakh, which is, you know, uh, close to thousand to thousand two hundred dollars. That's the price point where uh, we offer the greenhouse to the farmers. And normally greenhouses were to grow the exotic varieties of crops, like, you know, the lettuce or the, you know, uh, broccoli of the world are largely grown in the greenhouses. We grow what we eat in India. Right. So that's what, you know, we need to grow. Otherwise, that solution will just be an elitist product. That's not what we wanted to build. We wanted to build mm -hmm. basically a mobile which will be in every everybody's hand, not a mobile which will be in the hand of the top 1% of the uh, country. Right. So that's exactly what we tried doing. And, uh, you know, and then we stress tested this across multiple states. And uh, now uh, we are operating in about six states of India. Uh, you know, in some in southern parts, some in central parts, some in northern parts, some in uh, western part of India, and some in eastern part as well. So uh, that way, fairly tested it uh, in different parts of India. And uh, the great news is, across the geographies, this greenhouse is generating a good hundred dollars, a hundred dollars a month of reliable income that we spoke about. The greenhouse confidently is generating that across multiple geographies. So that's the uh, success. And what's amazing there aren't too many alternatives for smallholder farmers which generate this extra additional $1,000 per annum of uh, income from their farm, which is one-tenth. Uh, we are talking about all this in just one-tenth an acre, by the way. So one-tenth mm. is like 4,000 square feet. So from a tiny portion of their land, they're able to earn about extra $1,000 per year, which is a good double of what they otherwise earn. So farmer incomes growing up, is a huge win. I would say that uh, even the ability to grow regular crops, not just say um, a certain kind of crops is also a huge win. Um, what have been some of the challenges in trying to build and scale out this product network, people network? Yeah. See, uh, ideally, based on what I said, we should just do greenhouse, right? We shouldn't do anything else, right? You know, we should just do greenhouse business and not do anything else. But the ecosystem doesn't exist. Like, for example, financing was a challenge. Inputs were a hmm. challenge. Advisory is a massive challenge. Like the knowledge on how to grow, what to grow, training the farmers, that's a massive challenge. So uh, considering this, in the initial stages, we had to do much more than what we ideally wanted to do. You know, run around banks, find them loans, and banks don't give loans, still find them, and uh, do all, uh, you know, uh, stretch activities, which technically are not the core business of what uh, we are into. So uh, we used to do that. But today, as I talk about, as we uh, look at this, the biggest, I would say, lever that we have to unlock for yeah. us to scale, if you look at it, is 
service delivery consistency and uh, finding a way to get this wonderful life changing asset into the hands of uh, millions of farmers like you know amplifying or leveraging the existing networks of distribution to get this out there as fast as possible because it's an important problem and it's also an urgent problem which needs mm-hmm. to be solved so how do we get this out there as quick as possible now that we kind of uh, have confidence in the solution and the second thing is across these geographies as we scale how do we make sure that the purpose why we started you know that increase in the farmer income how do we make sure that the service quality is good enough for that uh, north star to stay relevant right and uh, so i think that's that's the challenge so we are working on that but i think uh, as you know at every scale uh, we will have the it's a, it's a step challenge so we feel okay maybe at uh, level 1 we kind of cracked it level 2 will pose new levels of challenges on that so mm-hmm. that's going to be like a, a, a constant journey the zero to one uh, you were able to do because the hustle of your team you obviously had an intimate understanding of the program i believe that now you're in the one to n phase you're building out your uh, team further you're looking for an organizational design that can help you scale this uh, solution to a massive problem talk to us about your hiring what kind of people are you looking for uh, in order to take you to the next level great um, so if you look at the spectrum of things that kheti does right so we design greenhouses we deliver them to the farmers so for that we find farmers we find collaboration partners uh, and we deliver them to the farmers we provide training and advisory uh, you know today it's uh, it's a hybrid model it's partly technology enabled and also it has feet on the ground to make sure that it's reaching last mile uh so uh, in a hybrid model we are delivering the services and uh, of course the standard uh, things around you know the hiring the finance and uh, the you know team uh, related uh, work is one other piece so we are uh, at the stage right now where we know the technology works across multiple geographies so we are in the rapid growth phase right now so we are you know uh, growing at uh, 4 to 5x and hopefully from next year we should uh, look at multiplying uh, increasing the multiple uh, so here we need great people who have done uh, growth you know uh, growth for different organizations in the past right so growth champions if broadly a category like that now growth champions yeah. at different stages right so maybe there are some senior people in the growth champions or there might be some uh young there might be some younger uh, people who are really passionate about it right so they find this uh, as an exciting problem to uh, spend and invest their time in so uh, so that's a that's a big chunk of uh, the leadership team uh, and also the mid level uh, team members that we will be uh, looking at there is going to be one set of uh, experts and uh, resources particularly on the service standardization so how do we really deliver service uh, consistently now people who have expertise in delivering service right you know one second yeah service Sorry. product yeah. are two yeah. important uh, areas right. so yeah yeah so those who have uh, expertise current expertise demonstrated expertise in service delivery and uh, creating an organization which which creates that service culture right so it's hmm. uh, something that really worries me is this in the uh, in the race for growth 
we cannot compromise on the efficacy of a service what we provide to the farmers so having those uh, people who are passionate to deliver service and also uh, we require generalists i think there's a big big requirement for generalists where deep generalists people, i like to call them yeah right yeah big generalists yeah so where deep no, these are <laughs> sorry was that i came up with this term called deep generalists or at least i've written about it in my book and uh-huh. uh, you know because kethi is also network capital's collaborator so i was wondering that you know how do we design kethi in an ideal way so i also thought hey they must be deep generalists then there should be product people growth people service people then there should yeah. be human resources marketing etc but yeah deep generalists are so important people Absolutely. who are able to sort of navigate and understand the ecosystem yeah. and then plug and play what right. uh, what needs to be done but yeah that's just my thought what about you the founder of- <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely no i think that's a nice word thanks for adding one to my vocabulary today <laughs> so uh, there is a great role for uh, you know these uh, deep generalists uh, generalists in this uh, uh, work it's across again at different levels uh, we need uh, these generalists and uh, people who work on uh, who have already worked on strategy uh business strategy in the past so these are broadly uh, the areas and so again the stage where we are every month we keep reevaluating uh, you know the hiring requirements you know while the strategy uh, we see reasonably clearly so if there are some uh, people who are really interested in this space and who think they can truly add value happy to begin those conversations we may work we may start working today or we may start working 3 months from or 6 months from now but uh, you know again just building that network and building that connection will help us figure out the right time to uh, start working together but uh, yes the team is growing uh, right now we are uh, close to 60 member team and uh, this is fast multiplying uh, you know year on year as we see it'll uh, you know go up uh, three to four times so considering that it's a very very exciting time for us uh, at kethi and really looking forward to meeting a lot of wonderful people yeah i personally hope that loads and loads of uh, network capital people end up applying and working at kethi because you know having seen you build this day in and day out for um eight years i can say with confidence that the challenge is worth it and they are in good hands thank you utkarsh Satya, I just want to conclude by a, a thought experiment. Let's imagine you're wildly successful, okay, in your endeavor, and I don't care about unicorns or decagon, nothing of that. If you're wildly successful in your mission, what might Kethi look like ten years from now? What might the agricultural landscape in India look like ten years from now? I would like you to let your imagination flow. Right. So. this is uh, one question that me and my co-founders keep uh, asking us this you know just in a different way as to you know in 30 years what is that we want to see right so that kind of and then in one year two year all these plans kind of uh, fall in place uh, you know much more easily so the way we look at it is in india today there are hardly 10000 acres of protected cultivation that basically means that it's not even zero point something you know if you try to put it as a decimal right in uh, you know in the landscape of india just our friendly neighbor china has close to 40 50 lakh acres 
this is what is reported. Maybe they actually have much more acres of protected mm-hmm. cultivation already. Now, it's not a, it's not a competition, but it is just it shows how relevant this technology is for the not just India. If this is the status with India, imagine the situation with the African poor smallholder farmers and uh, you know the the other ones in the rest of the subcontinent as well. So we believe that the role of Kheti is making climate smart farming an industry standard for vegetables and fruit growing. Now I agree with you. I don't care whether it is a unicorn or uh, you know it's bap, but the point is. This has to be industry standard. Now, what it does for a smallholder farmer or a farmer in general, if you look at it, is it brings dependability into farming. Today, there is no dependability. We all know that. We keep reading that, right? So it brings dependability into farming. You know, okay, this is the input and this can be the output. It brings sense and math into farming. So from that lens, we hope, uh, you know, this becomes industry standard where not just Kheti. Kheti shows path and triggers the possibility for tens and hundreds of organizations to, uh, by proving that this is successful and it's growing big, uh, hopefully tens and hundreds of organizations embark on this across the world. And the agriculture, when you say farmer, you don't make farmer uh, as a synonym for a poor person. You should say farming is again like a great profession it's a profession with dignity so that is the hope and a future that uh, i see oh, that's phenomenal all the very best satya um, we have uh, obviously partnered but i'm sure we'll scale our partnership in the times to come because you're solving an important problem and network capitalism the business of making people and organizations successful so we'll be your strongest cheerleaders and we hope that you solve this important problem with empathy, with a good business model and an open mind and an open heart. Thank you and talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, uh, Utkarsh and Team Network Capital. Uh, I mean, our uh, you know uh, details, uh, I'm sure, will be made available and uh, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn and uh, happy to connect and have these conversations to see how and uh, when our paths can cross. Because for these big problems, there is a need for many, many hands on the deck and uh, great brains to make uh, this change happen. So uh, I trust in this collaboration and uh, yes, collectively we'll make it work. Thank you. Yeah, this is the first time Satya, you're actually sharing your story and sharing your business model and product plan in in great detail beyond say marketing or a newspaper op-ed or something. And it's really important because today top founders need to be selling are talking about their organizations to employees a lot more because this problem is so abstruse that if you don't, how will people know that this problem is worth solving and that can be solved? So we've taken the first step. We will be taking many more together. Before I let you go, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't or any parting message that you have for our listeners and viewers all around the world? Yeah. Um, I think uh, you should have also asked, I mean, rather one thing that I do wish to uh, share is uh, just the kind of people who are re- uh, who are collaborating with Kheti and who are currently working. Uh, so w- with whom will you be working when you reach out, right? So who, who are going to be your people around, who are, who are the people around you when you, uh, when you work? So, uh, you know, we have like, we are really blessed to have amazing people like, you know, Kaushik, my co-founder. Uh, so he 
uh, went to IIT Kharagpur and did his MBA from Colombia. Uh, has had great experience in strategy and operations in uh, uh, a rural uh, education company, skill development company. Uh, Samya, uh, who is my other co-founder, she uh, went to uh, Stephens and then went to Kellogg for her MBA. And again, great uh, human-centric design experience in process design, etc. Ayush, uh, who is my co-founder from Cosmos Green Time and also in Kheti, uh, he has, he's probably one of the, uh, he, he did investment uh, management, investment research, uh, you know, in his previous avatar. Today, he is uh, one of the best agri-scientists, uns- you know, uh, without a degree that you can ever get to mm. meet, who understands crops uh, more than most people in the country, right? Besides these, you know, it's just phenomenal uh, you know, we have people who studied aeronautical engineering who work uh, work here and say, okay, this is a great problem. Who studied food science in US, uh, who came back and uh, working with us, who studied, uh, you know, uh, in different premier colleges. And even, uh, again, I don't want to just say this is only about the people who worked in some of the, uh, who, who have uh, studied in only the premier colleges, who are smart people who have, uh, who are really willing to learn fast and give everything to solve this problem. So uh, it's a great bunch of people who have uh, recently joined us, uh, you know, who have been with us for a while. So that's the broad cohort of people you'll be working with. And uh, it's a real fun place. And uh, whoever whoever is in Hyderabad or uh, in any of the states where we operate, just feel free to drop by. You can uh, have uh, a cup of coffee or chai and also get to uh, meet the team and have some uh, good conversations uh, to know uh, who we are, how we live and uh, how we work. So yes, that's, that's about it. That'll be wonderful. We'll set up our next uh, Network Capital Hyderabad meetup, perhaps in your office. That way people Perfect. can see what you have to offer. Awesome. Perfect. No, thank you very much, Satya. This is incredible. Thank you for describing your team and the wonderful talent vortex that you've built. It's a new term that I stumbled upon recently where uh, great people want to work with other interesting people. And you've clearly created a talent vortex within KP. And people, I mean, Satya's background, this uh, masterclass uh, podcast would have given you a good flavor into it. I, um, I've seen him work at this problem and build his category of one and make KP go on to do even more interesting things. Thank you, Satya. Thank you, KP team. Thank you. Thanks, Utkarsh. Thanks, uh...